And good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenster on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice of the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and around here we wish everybody on our Wednesday shows happy hump day. You made it. The week uh, goes uphill or downhill from here. I can't tell which is more positive uh, in this case. But you made it. It's Wednesday. Mr. Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. And to all of our listeners who really make the magic happen, good morning. Happy Wednesday. Morning, Zach. It is downhill in my book. That's okay. Downhill to the weekend, and it's National Museum Day. So, so National uh, Museum Day. Something we can something we can all enjoy today. National Museum Day. Interesting. That's not the most interesting day that you've mentioned to me this week. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't have any uh, museums on today. I had the Tucson Museum of Art on Friday, so we're a little bit ahead of the curve. Uh, but today, I'm looking forward to today's show. This one's going to go fast, so I want to buckle up and jump right in. I want to talk about Proposition 411 passing. Um, I, I felt like I had my ear to the ground pretty closely to that. The results still surprised me, surprised a lot of people. We'll talk about that. President Joe Biden's plan uh, to increase housing in the United States. My thoughts on that, uh, as that's a problem we're facing here. Uh, but this is a fun one. Been looking forward to this all week. 1055 Brewing Company brews a special beer to commemorate United Way's 100th year. Uh, 1055 Brewing Company and your United Way of Tucson and Southern Arizona both together in studio at once. Yes, and yes, please. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Let's jump right in. Let's say hello to our guests. That's how we're going to start. Uh, I'll start to my left, Chris Squires, the managing partner of 1055 Brewing Company. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Zach. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. I know we pulled you a long ways away. Thanks for making... <laughs> it was a good 200 yards. I, I made the trek. Yeah, the, happy, to, happy to be here with you. Thanks for making the trek. And uh, coming just a little bit further away than Chris, Melissa Dioria, Vice President of Communications and Engagement. I saw that. You didn't think I was going to get it. <laughs> I saw that. You got it. You nailed it. I yeah. saw that. <laughs> Thanks uh, for having us, Zach. This is, uh, this is a pleasure for us. Thank you. Absolutely. I, I mean, you've been on the show before, Melissa. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, Chris, you've been on the show, too. Yeah, we, uh, I think we have, yeah. Yeah, We're certainly on the that, podcast side too. Yeah. Now that I think about it, for sure. Uh, but I think Melissa was before COVID. Yes. Um, oh, well. And uh, you have had multiple job promotions <laughs> uh, since then. Congratulations Thank to you. you. Uh, you're now here as the Vice President of Communications and Engagement for the United Way of Tucson and Southern Arizona, celebrating 100 years in the community. Melissa, tell us about the 100th year what you guys are up to. And I think many in our community remember uh, the uh, the years when uh, Mr. Tony Penn yeah. entered into the community. Correct. The United Way was in, a, was in a tough spot. Yeah. And uh, it's not in a tough spot anymore. It is rocking and rolling and uh, doing everything it should be. Tell yeah, us what's absolutely. up. absolutely. We're super proud. I mean, for me personally, to be able to work for a United Way that has been around for 100 years, it's really a pleasure and an honor to help kind of share everything that we've done. Um, your United Way here in Tucson, we opened our first office downtown, actually right below us in Jacome Plaza in 1922. Uh, ran our first campaign December 5th and 6th of 1922. And uh, here we are 100 years later and 
through the course of the hundred years, there have been tens of millions of individuals that have been supported by our United Way. And we're really proud that obviously the needs of our community have changed quite a bit in this century. And the fact that we've uh, been able to hear the voices of the community, uh, pinpoint the issues and make sure we work together collaboratively to um, to find some to find some solutions and, and to help everybody out. So um, we're really proud to celebrate this year. Um, we're excited to do some fun promotions, maybe some new things from us, like this collaboration with 1055. Um, so it's a, it's an exciting year. For sure. So, so, so tell me a little bit about what the United Way is doing in its 100th year. What are two or three initiatives that that you guys are excited about that you're working on in the community? Yeah, one thing in particular that we're really focused on is workforce development right now. That's such an issue that we're seeing yeah. on both sides of the coin. So we have um, a direct care w- worker program. We have a huge shortage of direct care workers in our community, mm-hmm. and those are individuals that go into people's homes and help take care of people so they can live comfortably and they don't have to disturb their lives or their families' lives. Uh, so we have a direct training program where we pay for the certification. We help match people with jobs, jobs placement completely free to people who are applying. We're also working on the early childhood education um, space. There's, a, again, a huge yeah. shortage of um, quality early childhood educators. And so those two things um, are a huge focus for us, financial wellness. Our work, as you might know, ex- um, spans across quality education, financial wellness, and healthy communities. So in there, there's a Dozens of programs and initiatives, but right now, where we uh, a big focus is our focus on workforce development. For sure, no, I think it's in- incredibly important. I know in our worlds that intersect in Tucson, we get to hear from I think folks in their twenties and thirties, and it's interesting when you listen to them and they talk about you know the need for early child yes. care and education. I know there's there's the politics and policy around who does it right. and how much does it cost. Um, but it's interesting to hear younger families say, my ability to be financially well and stable depends on my ability to access and afford uh, early child care. Absolutely. Right. And, and so I think it's important. And, and workforce development has been my jam for a while yeah. um, because you have to train people for the jobs of today and you have to figure out the gaps in the in the industries and you have to pair people with that so yeah another thing we're seeing that i'm actually experiencing personally is there aren't enough educators not only because they're not being paid well but people can't get their kids into daycare because the wait lists are so long so um it's certainly you know full um full spectrum affects affects all of us really so um i'm proud to work for somewhere that's really focused on these issues that affect young families older adults kids for sure Anything else um, before we, uh, I think we'll go to break and have even a little bit of a longer segment uh, to to talk about beer at 9.15 in the morning. (laughs) It's the dream. Right. Uh, It's the dream. We're going to do that. But anything else uh, that we haven't talked about? that uh, encapsulates 100 years in Tucson. Yeah, one thing we launched last fall was our Centennial Endowment Fund. Um, An endowment fund, for people who invest in it, it helps cast off off an investment that helps run our United Way. So I'm not sure if people are aware, but when you're a nonprofit, every year you start at zero. So we have to figure Mm -hmm. out how to cover our operating costs as well as our program costs. So this Centennial Fund was really established in order to help help our United Way not start at zero so we can invest more funds raised back into the community. I love it. I love it. This morning we're talking with not one but two organizations. 1055 Brewing Company has uh, brewed a special beer to commemorate and support 
the United Way's 100th year in Tucson, Arizona. And, and Melissa um, Diorio with us uh, heads up marketing communications. Every time I every time I say your United Way, um, I have uh, Tony Penn's soothing <laughs> baritone tones yeah. um, in my head. Yes, I've had him on the show, by the yeah. way, and I felt like I was dribbling with LeBron James. Right, I thought, <laughs> why am I in this seat? He's got the uh, he's got the you know Morgan Freeman voice of God yes. there. He should he should just take over, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll come back in when the show's over. But uh, good dude. He's, Glad he's to have wonderful. Him we're, we're so lucky to community. have him in our community. Absolutely. That turnaround job was incredible. Amazing. Incredible. Now, like 10 or 11 years ago. So 12. 12. This is his ancient, 12th year. Ancient history. <laughs> ancient history. But I like to remind people that he uh, he came in and, and has done an incredible job. And uh, appreciate you guys a lot. We're going to go to our first break of the hour. Uh, when we come back, we're going to pull Chris Squires into this conversation. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about uh, the new beer that 1055 has put together to support your United Way of Tucson and Southern Arizona. We'll be right back. Trusted local news and talk. 1030, The Voice. Zach Yenzer here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.com. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. We're live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, here on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice. Uh, we are with 1055 Brewing Company and the United Way of Tucson and Southern Arizona. 1055 Brewing Company is brewing a special beer to commemorate the United Way's 100th year in Tucson, the United Summer Ale. Uh, we heard from Melissa Dioria. Uh, who heads up communications and marketing for the United Way. I want to pull Chris in, the managing partner of 1055 Brewing Company. So give me the origin story of a nonprofit coming to you and saying, let's do a beer together. Yeah. How does that how does that kick off? I mean that's that's what we love to do, right? Is to <laughs> use to obviously to make beer, but to use beer to affect change uh in, in the space around us. And so when we got the call that the United Way might be interested in partnering up and doing some sort of project together you know, the, the answer was, yes, let's do that. And then, you know, we'll figure out the details on the end. But we're in. Uh, sign us up. And so uh, I, I've been familiar with the United Way for a little bit before. So I've now been managing partner with 1055 Brewing for coming up on 10 years. But wow. prior to that, I worked at Geico Auto Insurance here in town for a couple of years. And Geico and the United Way have a very strong uh, partnership in terms of uh, uh, bringing employees uh, together. And there's there's a donation program and all these wonderful things. And so this is a, an organization that I had worked with for a long time. And so the idea of partnering up on that side and using our product to help promote and uh, and tell the story of what the United Way is doing here uh, it was it was just a we jumped right away and so so happy to be a part of that I love it yeah um, I had read that the inaugural batch of this United Summer Ale was created when United Way staff volunteers and community supporters uh, came to observe what's called a preliminary mashing. Yeah, just the, the very beginning of the brew day, essentially. And okay. so when we, uh, the, the process of making beer depends on what kind of beer you're making, of course, but takes anywhere from uh, five or six days all the way up to two or three weeks. Uh, and okay. that starts with brew day. It starts with barley and hot water and hops. And mixing all that together, I am oversimplifying this process just for a little sure. bit, mix all that together, let it sit in a tank for a couple of weeks, and at the end of that, you've got <laughs> beer that tastes great. If you did it right, of course. If you did it right. And so, yeah. And 1055 always does. Always so. does it right. And if we don't, we dump it out so that no one knows. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and so we... We did. On, on Brew Day, on that very first day, we had a big luncheon, had the United Way uh, uh, Board of Directors down yeah. and some uh, stakeholders and sponsors, mm-hmm. and all uh, had lunch, had a little bit beer, a little bit of beer, and walked everyone through the process. Uh, they, they got to sit in the brewery with us that day and watch as we so were, cool. and be part of that process. Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, it was, it was so a, fun. It was a party. Yeah. That is cool. 
So, uh, so tell me about the beer. Mm-hmm. We're, we're winding our way toward this thing launches tomorrow, yep. and we'll talk about how it benefits the underway. But tell me about the beer, the technical aspects of it. Absolutely. So the we all know what the next couple of months hold for uh, Tucson. It's going to be hot, right? And so it didn't make sense. That much to, we know. That much we know. <laughs> everything certain, else is uncertain. <laughs> everything else but is a question mark. We do know it's going to get hot. But we know it's going to be hot. <laughs> So with that in mind, it made sense to brew something, you know, as a, as a brewery, we've got a wide array of styles we make. We make stouts, we make yep. IPAs, we make, uh, you know, triple hopped pale ales, whatever the case might be. Uh, but I, we, we really wanted something that was super drinkable, super approachable. Uh, we didn't want uh, this beer to only appeal to, you know, that 1% the, of craft beer drinkers. This We wanted this to be a beer for everybody. Right. And so... Uh, very much a summer ale, a light-bodied beer brewed with just a little bit of wheat. We also used uh, an African spice in this beer called Grains of Paradise. Uh, it is a peppery spice. Once you grind it up and mill it, it gives it almost a lemon, citrusy, pepper mm. uh, flavor to the beer. That's That part is very, very subtle. Uh, it's mm. not overpowering at all, but it just gives it a little bit of citrus kick at the end. Uh, and so, yeah, super drinkable. 5.8% does have just a little bit of uh, of uh, high test in there. So, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, but still delicious. Yeah, one of our favorites we've made so far. Man, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I, I feel lucky I'm going to get it to uh, get a sip a few hours before the general public. Absolutely. And now I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, amazing. So uh, maybe keep with Chris, but I want to pull Melissa in on this question. A percentage of sales of this um, beer goes to to help explain that to me a- absolutely and so a portion of the proceeds we we raise on this will go towards uh will come towards the united ways community impact fund i'll let melissa uh yes. dive into the exact you know how that money gets spent uh but absolutely it is it is a true partnership we'll be sharing the the revenue and the proceeds uh, from this beer uh on that side absolutely i want to bounce back to chris because i want people to know tomorrow where they can go but yeah. but the money yes uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no money, no mission. That's right? exactly right. 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 Well, You've been listening is, to Tony is, Penn. Is, 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 <laughs> when I said it, I was like, wait a second, that is a Tony lie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Once you're around him long enough, it starts to bake in your yes, mind. It does. No money, no mission. Uh, so the money. What mission does the money go towards, it goes Melissa toward the Way mission. We are building a thriving community by uniting people, ideas, and resources. So all of the funds raised are going to go into our variety of programs that cover that spectrum of education, financial wellness, and healthy communities. Um, so we're, we are super excited about this partnership. This is something fun and new yes. for us. Um, and we're so thrilled that Chris is so community-minded and focused. And um, that's been an honor for us because he really, from the get-go, was like, yeah, let's do this for the community. And right. um, um, you know, that's what we love about Tucson. I think all of us understand that we are part of a special community, and so it feels good to work with other organizations and businesses that 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 know how how lucky we are. Absolutely. So, so Chris, um, I know some of this is still growing uh, and in the works, but mm-hmm. this all launches tomorrow, correct? Correct. For the general yeah. public. So, so people can obviously. We'll start with they can come to ten fifty five Brewing. They sure can downtown yep. Tucson. Absolutely, plenty of parking. Plenty of parking. Pennington Garage yep. is a half block away. Totally true. It's not so as difficult easy. as it used to be for sure. Correct. If you want to come downtown, come see us. 
but and then in addition to that, we, we do sell beer throughout uh, southern Arizona. So this will be our summer seasonal beer. This will be in our portfolio for a few months. Uh, this beer, I, so we've just put it on tap or just started to sell it this week. We've got mm. a sales rep out there working with cool. Finley Distributing is our distributor. Uh, and so uh, it'll be on tap right away at Tucson Hop Shop, Midtown. Uh, Noble okay. Hops as well up on the north side. And then Tap and Bottle, of course, downtown, three of our favorite beer joints. Uh, and then uh, if, if you're in the food and beverage business and you would love to get a keg for your space, hit up Finley Distributing. It's probably someone you work with anyway, uh, and they'd be happy to ship you out a keg. And so over the next week or two, that will continue to achieve more and more placements all over town. So if you don't see this one, ask your local bartender, and uh, they should be able to get a hold of it for you. I love it. I love it. And what? how long will this partnership be going on? Is this through the end of the summer? or? Yeah, exactly. All the way up until roughly September. Yeah. Okay. Certainly, um, demand or supply matters too. The right. quicker we go through the beer, the quicker it goes. But it's for, for several months, uh, for sure. Right, and we know September is summer in. I know, in, really, in, yeah. in Tucson. I was thinking, really not till November. Yeah, 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 right, sure. right, right, right. <laughs> summer goes through November. Yeah, um, but would would love our community to support this, and I think it's cool because we have business and restaurant owners that I know listen to the show uh, live and regularly. We have people who want to support the United Way. We have people who uh, like to drink a good beer uh, when it's available. And check I will boxes. tell you, yeah. I had a sneak taste before <laughs> anybody else, and mm. I, my expectations were far exceeded. It is so bright. Um, it. It's light, but not too light. still has some body to it. So I, I knew it would be amazing, but... I was certainly blown away. Actually, outside of our production team, Melissa, you might have been the first <laughs> well, to sample it. Yeah, there you go. Melissa's, I'm Melissa's, honored. Melissa's being the sneak peek before the sneak peek before, the, ge- before the general launch. Uh, Chris, uh, before we let you guys go, remind me, because I know it shifts from time to time, sure. the hours for 1055. If someone wants to come down to that location downtown, address and hours. Absolutely. We're closed Monday and Tuesday, but open Wednesday through Sunday. Okay. Uh, and uh, on the weekends, we are uh, noon to uh, 10 o'clock. Okay. Uh, th- Wednesday, Friday, uh, excuse me, Wednesday, Thursday, we are uh, mm. 4 p.m. just dinner service, 4 p.m. to 9 o'clock. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and my personal recommendation would be if you're coming from the east side, yeah. come straight down Broadway. For sure. Take yeah. a right on Scott. Easy. Yeah. And, par- easy. and park at Pennington. And yeah. park at park at Pennington. Absolutely. If you're coming from the north or west side, get off the Congress exit. Take a left on Scott. Yeah, uh, it really is that easy. I, I would just say, don't even worry about street parking. Yeah. I don't street park downtown. It's annoying. It's not worth it. Don't spend ten minutes circling the block. Sure, Pennington Garage, super easy. You're a half block up, yep. Scott and um, not uh, well, Congress. Scott You're right, Congress. Congress. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and Pennington, <laughs> all the garages now, all the city garages, twenty four seven. You know, yeah. you're not going to get locked out. Uh, feel free to leave your car there overnight if you need to. Of yeah. course, you've got to pay a few bucks. But parking is not the obstacle it used no. to be. Come see us down on Congress. For there sure. is one garage downtown that will lock you out. I know because oh, I've, I've had experience. It is not this one. <laughs> uh, and it's not right. anywhere near where you're at. Sweet. But there is a garage I've gotten myself locked in. But you just call someone and they come they by come in 10 minutes you. and they open there the gates. So Victory. The, the purple people downtown, are, are they're, running, they're running yeah. around and they're fantastic. We've got about a minute. Did I miss anything? I'd love getting to tell this story. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, I don't think so. We're just, you know, we're, we're excited to expand our network. This is something new for us. So we hope to get some folks that maybe aren't familiar with United Way involved. 
learn about all the things that we do, um, and then get involved themselves. We have a variety of opportunities to volunteer, to advocate, to give. So um, check us out, unitedwaytucson.org. I love it. Well, again, thank you both. I know this is kind of launch day. I think it's cool we get to talk on launch day uh, or just kind of the, the pregame to launch yeah, day. Yeah, for sure. uh, but thanks for your time. Appreciate you both, and we'll do this again soon. Thanks, thanks for having us, sec. Yeah, I appreciate good. you. Absolutely. We're going to go to bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about a new uh, kind of federal housing policy. I think uh, a large part of it, if not all of it, is good news. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Proposition 411, the road bond that passed overwhelmingly in the city of Tucson. What does it mean? We'll talk about that and more. We'll take your phone calls, 520-790-2040. Lots more on the other side. We'll be right back. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. If you're just joining us here at the bottom of the hour, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and uh, we started off the show, the first half of the show, uh, I think it, it, it was 25 minutes um, uh, that symbolizes um, some of the best things about Tucson. What I love about this community, and that is a uh, a company like 1055 Brewing Company partnering with a nonprofit like the United Way of Tucson and Southern Arizona to support each other um, and to uh, 
uh, and to show some community love in both directions uh, over the summer. Uh, Matt, I love that about Tucson. I think it's such a community-driven place, and I love those collaborations. Uh, the United Summer Ale drops tomorrow uh, at places near you and certainly at 1055 Brewing Company in downtown Tucson. Um, I'm going to get a sneak peek today, and I'm super excited about it. But, Matt, that's the beauty of Tucson, I think, in so many ways. Sounds like a great beer. And, yeah, the small businesses around Tucson, especially food, beverage, entertainment, they do a lot to help the community. I mean, they give a lot uh, of themselves uh, back to the community. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. And and I think, Matt, we are slowly but surely uh, mapping out for our listening audience um, a tour of downtown. I think we've accidentally done that through our Yenser Roger rates. Um, but might I suggest, Matt, to our listeners uh, uh, that uh, our, our listeners try one day, come down uh, in the early afternoon and stop at Decibel Coffee Works for coffee, uh, maybe after a lunch at Little Love Burger serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, some ice cream milkshakes a few doors down from the Rialto Theater where you get 15% off for mentioning Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Uh, Yenser and I, I should say my last name right, right, Matt? That would help. And, then, uh, and, and then head down to 1055 Brewing Company, Scott and Congress, um, and support your United Way. That's a great afternoon. I'd highly recommend it. I'm looking for affirmation from Absolutely Matt. sounds like a great <laughs> afternoon. Are you kidding? That sounds like but a wonderful sh- caffeine and <laughs> caffeine and malted grain beverages. That's uh, an ice cream to boot. 100%. I'm on board. 100%. So so there we go. That uh that will be fun. Um Matt, while I've uh while I've got your ear bent, um I feel like uh you and I and just kind of what we do every day have our ears to the ground pretty closely to issues in Tucson. Um, all of the polls kind of hinted at a decently strong win, uh, likely for Proposition 411 in the city of Tucson to uh, continue um, a half cent sales tax for 10 more years to uh, repair neighborhood roads, uh, mostly. Uh, but Matt, I don't think that I predicted in my wildest dreams a 73, 74% uh, yes vote on Prop 411, did you? Didn't seem that there was a whole lot of organized opposition. Um, uh, so the, the margin doesn't totally surprise me. I mean, okay. he had 25% turnout, which is dismal. They made they do everything as possible to you know, help you cast a ballot. Um, they make it as easy as possibly can. Um, so that that's disappointing that only one in four registered voters took yeah. the time to even respond. But, um, you know, I didn't ex- really expect it to be a whole lot closer than that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, just to be to be fair, you know, the question is is less about did it deserve or not that support, but uh, I mean, I I was asking some friends who were pretty plugged in yesterday, kind of give me your last predictions. I heard a lot of you know fifty five forty five, fifty eight forty two, you know sixty forty. Nobody I talked to um, predicted. Uh, 73, 74%. Now, tomorrow, Thursday, Matt, I think it is, they're going to finish counting the ballots that were dropped off um, in person. And so I think that will adjust the numbers a little bit, but it's not going to change the result. 
Um, but 73% a day of counting is just is, is, is pretty wild. Um, is pretty wild, and you know, I think people. To your so to your point, what's also interesting, Matt, is that um, uh, about half of Tucson vote re- residents are registered to vote. I think it's like 250 to 280 range are registered to vote. It's about half of it's a little less than half of Tucson's population. Half of that half, uh, or, um, or or rather a quarter of that half. <laughs> That's why I don't do math on the air. A quarter of that half uh, came out to vote. But I also had friends, Matt, who were predicting 18 to 20% turnout, not a 25 to 30% turnout that we saw. So even the turnout, as low as it is, really surprised me. I, I, know, I got, I got it. $400,000 yes campaign. There was no organized no campaign. There was lots of chatter, but there was nothing organized. I get all of that. Seventy-three percent still kind of uh, kind of blows me away. So interesting, interesting times in the city of Tucson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and I think I think that's and I think that's ultimately what it means. I, I've seen some takes of, you know, uh, is this a a referendum in a positive way? on Tucson's mayor and council. I mean, I think there might be a bit of that um, in, in terms of uh, this is now the th- third, this is now the third bond that's been passed since 2017 in the city of Tucson that the voters have overwhelmingly approved. Um, so there is some level of trust in the city. You know, I've, I've had some colleagues who have compared this to county bonds, you know, and the county bond in 2018 failed disastrously um, but you think about it, since 2017, the city of Tucson has asked voters uh, for $250 million. Um, 60% of that went to police and fire in 2017. The other $100 uh, million, the other 40% went to roads. Um, that was passed in 2017. 2017. Uh, the city came back to the voters in, was it 2018, 2019, for Prop 407, which was a parks and connections bond. That passed uh, overwhelmingly, and now this is the third time in four years that city of Tucson voters um, have voted um, to uh, to self-tax in some way um, to repair roads. And so I think that's an interesting angle that, that nobody has talked about, is that this is the third time in five years um, that, that Tucson voters and the city of Tucson have said, let's do this thing. Um, I was a bit surprised, Matt, and I'm just sharing my opinion. I'm not trying to pull you into this or, you know, uh, you know, leak your personal opinion. <laughs> um, but, but I thought, you know, uh, around the country, um, we were having major primaries um, yesterday, and people are feeling pain. They're feeling inflationary pain. Uh, they're feeling economic pain. They're feeling pain at the pump. They're feeling, you know, pain in the job market. Um, and no matter how you want to slice the economic data, I think Joe and Jane pumping gas on an average Tuesday uh, are struggling and are telling people they're struggling. And so I thought, is this going to dampen the mood um, around a sales tax on the ballot? Clearly, it it didn't. Uh, in, in the percentage of those who turned out. What I think is interesting, I think a lot is interesting about this, but when it comes to turnout, 
I did some very informal, meaningless, worthless polling on my Twitter <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. And I said, you know, are you going to vote for Prop 411? And one, one option was yes, one option was no, and another option was what was 411? And I got to tell you, uh, I think an overwhelming majority of City of Tucson voters, uh, if you polled them today, didn't know they were paying for 101, didn't know they'd been paying for five years, and didn't know 411 was on the ballot. And so what I also found from my meaningless, worthless Twitter poll was that those who did know about it were going to overwhelmingly vote yes for it. I still had kind of a bad gut feeling. The gut feeling, uh, you know, obviously uh, was was very wrong. Uh, 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 but in those who knew about it and voted for it, overwhelmingly voted to uh, voted to make it happen. And, and, and so is this a referendum on council, positive or negative? I think it's a smaller percentage of the answer. I think the larger percentage of the answer, honestly, um, is that people um, are tired of their roads not being repaired um, and are willing to self-tax to get it repaired. Um, and this city council and the next crews on that dais are going to have to follow through over the next 10 years and are going to have to make sure that this never happens again. This was the result of decades of neglect, right? Let's remind ourselves that 85% of neighborhood roads are and were in failing condition. 65 to 75% of all other roads in Tucson are in poor failing condition. So the council is going to have to figure out how to make sure it's not going to be every neighborhood road, right? I mean, I think all of us know that, you know, I think that was a selling point, but I think most people voting for this, honestly, don't actually think. 100% 100% of neighborhood roads are going to get fixed. I think most people reasonably be understood that you're looking at 85, 90, 92% at, at most. We understand, you know, even with 407 bonds that were passed by the city of Tucson voters, some of those projects are getting hit by inflationary pressures. So I, I don't think anybody was under the assumption that literally 100% um, of road, neighborhood roads were going to, uh, were going to get fixed. Uh, um, I think it's the goal, and it might happen, but I don't think anyone's you know, going to come back and say, well, only 95% were fixed. Whereas what happens at 5%? I think people understood um, what they were voting for. Um, but the city council is also saying, you know, we're going to use other general fund dollars that we have or HERF dollars to fix some of our arterials and some of our main corridors. This council is going to have to deliver, right? The, the council members yesterday uh, said the city of Tucson voters have given us a mandate, at least the ones who voted, to go and fix roads. Go do it, right? Uh, if we get to the end of 411 like we were with 101 and only 40% of money was spent, only 40% of roads were fixed, uh, e- even though it will get it fixed eventually, that's going to impact trust. So there is evidently some trust capital in the city to follow through. Um, but we need to get serious about our roads because 65 to 85% are in poor failing condition. I want to go to break in a second because I want to talk about housing. But I wanted to remark on uh, the city of Tucson budgeting process um, real fast because it's happening right now. And it relates to this conversation. Uh, the city of Tucson is saying that they've never been in a stronger financial position than they are this year. And that is true to the extent that this year there's a lot of federal funds and then inflationary pressures actually does put more sales tax revenue back into the city of Tucson, which is kind of a weird weird dynamic. Um, 
But this year, the budget is strong. Is the budget sustainably strong? I don't believe it is. And I bring it up because our, 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 our vision for this community, I think, uh, needs to be how do we grow uh, the city's economic resources to make sure uh, that more and more general fund dollars are going to roads and the essentials so that we don't get you know down the road and we're still decades behind on road repair. Right, And so the city of Tucson can't rest on its laurels and say, well, we've got all these resources. I think the vision has to be, how do we get more people buying more goods and services from more people? That's how you grow the economic pie. How do you create more resources to spend more dollars on the essentials? That has to be the focus going forward. And I just have concerns um, that, uh, that the city of Tucson as a local jurisdiction doesn't have that economic strength. This year looks good. You know, it's like a 10% increase over last year in terms of revenue, but I don't think it's sustainable. You know, and the piece that we didn't talk about in terms of does the city have general fund dollars to go to roads? Uh, There are departments that are at half capacity right now, departments that you don't want at half capacity. We've had an austerity policy where we haven't supported financially major departments that gets things done in the city to where we are understaffed, police, fire, planning, parks, there is not a delivery of service. There is scarcity of resources at every single level. And that has to be a focus. That has to get fixed. And over the long term, it's fixed by growing economic resources. All right, I'm off my soapbox. Let's go to our final break of the hour. When we come back, President Joe Biden announced yesterday uh, some federal housing uh, policy and incentives to create more housing across the country. I'll give you my thoughts and what I think it means locally right after this break. We'll be right back. Ten thirty, the voice Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open-air Mercado San Agustin Annex just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. 
Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? This is Bill Buckmaster. Join us for the Buckmaster Show at noon on 1030, Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. This segment is sponsored by our friends over at Decibel Coffee Works. It's the coffee the Yensers drink at home and while we're out and about uh, ice cream is also on its way here in 2022. You can go to Decibel, com is their website. More importantly, visit their location at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Uh, so I, I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to touch on something that came out this week. Um, uh, President Biden uh, is, and his administration is, uh, taking action on housing supply. Some goals um, within within five years. Um, there's uh, an increase in federal assistance to help finance and produce more factory built homes. Um, but the, the the piece that I'm excited about because I think it has uh, implications. Uh, in- implications locally uh, is not just some of the federal dollars uh, to go and you know build some stuff, but specifically some incentives for housing density. The Biden administration is ramping up, reports USA Today, financial incentives for jurisdictions that allow greater housing density and zoning and land use policy. The Department of Transportation prioritized density and rural Main Street revitalization this year in three grant packages totaling $6 billion. The department will continue such criteria in grants. Uh, to jumpstart construction, Fannie Mae is exploring expanding its loan offerings to developers to finance the construction of multifamily housing in a single closing loan that would serve as a permanent mortgage. And this is the piece that I want to focus on because I've said this, I've said it on the show, I've said on uh, on on social media. Um, first, let's look at the city of Tucson uh, as the largest kind of uh, urban uh, urban area that I have data on. Uh, within city of Tucson limits, for example, uh, I think less than two percent of our housing stock. So all the homes that are within city limits today, I think less than two percent have been built in the last ten to twelve years. And so a large piece of the pressure that we are feeling in our market today is because we simply stopped building to any degree. 
Right now, some of our suburban areas have continued to build. But I think by and large, the region, certainly after the recession, stopped building. Uh, and, and I have advocated before at a state level, right? I, I really dislike the legislation that would force the hand of cities to upzone uh, uh, in, in ways that may not be aligned with local goals. My approach, and I've said this to state leaders, and I've been a part of advocating for this in the past, is provide incentives to incentivize greater housing density. You, there needs to be, if there's any state or federal help on this, it needs to be greasing the wheels, uh, helping local jurisdictions create political will and resources to increase density and upzone. An upzone just meaning if it's zoned for single-family residents, can it be upzoned to include three dwelling units, uh, or multifamily housing, duplexes, triplexes? W- why do I bring this up? I-, I don't always talk national issues unless it has uh, local relevance. I posted this a couple days ago on my social media. It's from Strawn Towns. Four key rules for getting more housing where you live. Four rules. Legalize small, legalize fast, allow adaptation, and keep it simple. That's it. Do zoning applications face long delays or unclear discretionary approval processes? In Tucson, the answer is yes. Can can residents build an accessory dwelling or commercial unit and make small buildings on small lots feasible? Can you reduce rules mandating, you know, changing parking minimums and things like that? Is the next increment of development available as of right? right? These are these are the simple zoning political will questions that create more housing. Now, I don't want to get in the weeds. I don't want this to be, you know, planning 101 at a PhD program. Uh, I, I bring this up because you can have all of the federal and state resources. You can grow housing trust funds, you can create new dollars, you can print new dollars, or you can go, I'm not, I'm not by the way, I'm not suggesting any of this, you know, is something we should do. Uh, I'm just saying we've tried to do some of these things. You, you can do all that, or you can go in the direction that we're seeing in major cities around the country where there are restrictions and regulations on, you know, how many, how many units can you own in a city and how many can you Airbnb and we're going to regulate rent and we're going to do, you know, we're going to require inclusionaries and we're going to require you to have affordable units, right? You can, you can either deliver more resources or you can regulate, which is what I'm saying a lot of jurisdictions do, a lot of states do, some of the federal government does it too. And I have been making the case none of it matters. You will never out-resource the problem if you are not making critical local zoning decisions at a local level that allow more people to build more housing for more people. And you can't make that happen without political will, without a community that says, we do need to build more housing. So I don't think it's a resource problem as much as it is a political will problem at the end of the day and and a zoning problem at the end of the day. And I think it's what we need to work on locally. Uh, we do not have zoning and permitting and regulatory processes locally that give uh, uh, those who want to develop more housing any confidence in the process, any assurance in the process. Um, 
anywhere really uh this is this is region-wide i was talking to a friend about the Oro valley marketplace the other day Uh, so this is not just city of tucson this is region-wide we don't create clear processes uh, and clear regulatory and permitting process to create confidence that we can build successfully and efficiently and well and until we fix that we're not going to fix our housing problem so there's your piece of local news this morning um, the piece I was most pleased to see out of the Biden administration on housing is this understanding that at the end of the day, uh, there has to be local zoning decisions for any of this to work. And so to see incentives around saying to cities, look, uh, if you allow for greater density, you get more resources. That's the direction I think that we should be going. And I think any state incentives, any state legislative uh, uh, things on housing should be that. So there, there's there's some local news for you today. I want to talk about want to talk about housing. We need to grow our housing stock in Tucson. It's a huge, huge piece of the puzzle. When we come back tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be a fun day. I'm looking forward to it. Dre Thompson, speaking of housing, is going to talk about the Industrial Development Authority's new housing fund. And then Matt Sandlin, he's a Republican running for governor in the beautiful state of Arizona. He'll be with us as well. That's our Thursday show. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. Until tomorrow, Thursday, Tucson. Stay well. Thanks for listening.